This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Okay, what? What's that again? What are we Rock and to? Roll High School by the Ramones. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> Don't okay, be what? coming up with the songs, man. It was either yeah, who- that or School's Out. School's not out. Well, is it out? <laughs> I don't know if it is. School's in virtually. Yeah, and- I don't know if they're on break yet. And we're talking to a middle school principal. <laughs> Don't see what you're then trying I to do. Should have gone with schools out. I knew it. You could have just played. You know, you could have played. You could have played the Northwestern University fight song because that was Stephen Decatur's uh, fight song when it was a high school, and uh, and your boy went there. So I get uh, we get it. <laughs> yeah, also I was, Courtney. I was there with you, Doc. Yeah, for a little bit, and then, for a little then you ended bit. up, uh, and then it closed down on us. And uh, yeah. at least I, I was able to get there through the end of that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Lee Show, Richard Community College, is Courtney Carson. Courtney and Dom are downtown. Show is always brought to you by Earth Mover Credit Union. Appreciate mm-hmm. them being on board. Didn't know till uh, till last break. Jess will be back in tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and then Jess will be in next Tuesday. Courtney yeah. will have a school board meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got to ask Jess if she can maybe make it in next Wednesday uh, too. Uh, yeah. I need to miss next Wednesday. Is um, you know we've got a couple things here and there happening, but uh, but how about, how about a full fill of uh, of Jess Younghouse from Earth Mover Credit Union here as, yeah. as, uh, as we march into December. Uh, cool thing is, as we start hour two, big. Thanks to all of our hourly sponsors, starting with uh, our uh, Dale Southwick Pharmacy and Coley's Corner Drugs. Wait a minute, it's Thursday. We don't have hourly sponsors on Thursday, but we will still thank <laughs> we, we Dale and points. Lauren and Erica, uh, who sponsor our hourly uh, sponsorships on, uh, on Monday, So Wednesday, I'm not Friday. the only just, one who messed up then today. I just forgot what day it was. Uh, well, at least I'm giving plugs. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, give, the sheet didn't plugs. say Wait, what did you mess school, up though, doing? Uh, the, the song. Oh, oh, oh well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. You didn't mess up. It. it was it was I just, definitely a high school at one particular point in time. So you yeah, good. I just I just call it playing a uh, crappy song. Although <laughs> so, <laughs> the Ramones, it's a good there's song. Gonna, there's going to be people that are going to love. I got a feeling Tim Kaine would be mad at me for calling that a crappy song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to anyway, message him and ask him that. Also, since we gave it to Dale, extra love to Andy Borey, Borey Law Offices, who uh, sponsors us uh, hourly uh, on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday stretch as well. We go to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines. We get a chance to, uh, to, to for me, for the first time, chat with Courtney, catch up with the principal, Stephen Decatur Middle School, mm-hmm. uh, Eldon Kahn. Eldon, good to meet you. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Glad to be here. And it really doesn't sound like you guys need me. I mean, <laughs> the whole show, just the three of you, it sounds like. That's typically what happens. You, you know Courtney. I, mean. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. My Where are you from? Uh, well, I live in Decatur now. Um, born and raised in Clinton. Mm-hmm. Okay. I left there to go to school at ISU. Came back home. Raised my oldest daughter there. Um, you know, I, I drove, I made a drive from Clinton to Decatur for about 17 years. Mm, mm. Um, and my wife and I sold our house and we decided to make the move down here. Um, I've been doing it such a long time and I, I care so much about my kids and my school community that yeah. it was really just time for us to get down here and for me to plant roots. And, uh, we're here to stay. So been here since this past August was a year. Mm-hmm. Um, love it so far. One of the greatest moves we've made. And it also allowed me to, uh, return back to Stephen Decatur Middle School where I started my education career. So that was a, a bonus as well. That's cool. That's and he's kind of been a coming... planting phenomenal roots. I just got hey, Cordy speaks highly of, uh, of things you've been doing. Now, you made a transition. Was your first principal's job at South Shores, or was it just your most recent? Yeah, so um, I spent 10 years at Stephen Decatur as an eighth-grade language arts teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I taught reading, and then I taught writing. 
And then when they combined it all, I just thought ELA, which is reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was there two years as the assistant principal, worked okay. under Dolores Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity to transition to South Shores as the building principal. Um, so I went out there, and, and it was a great career move. I learned a lot. Um, you know, I'd still be there had Stephen Decatur not opened back up. Uh, but it did, and here I am. So my first building principal job was at South Shores. Um, I was there for five years, led a beautiful transition in that school. Uh, I feel like I left them in a, a very, very successful state that I'm sure they'll continue to grow on. Um, and now I'm glad to be back at Stephen Decatur and see if we can't make some great moves there. There's already a lot of great, exciting things going on. Um, and if I can contribute to that or facilitate or guide that in any way, I would consider that a success. So Absolutely. What's the biggest difference going from a grade school to a middle school? Or was there a huge difference? Well, the difference is the the clientele, right? And by that, I mean my students. So it yeah. was a running joke when I moved to South Shores because every day at Stephen Decatur, um, you know, I had on uh, dress pants, long sleeve shirt, a tie, you know, professional, administrator, mm-hmm. everything okay, yeah. without fail. Uh, so I go out to South Shores, and I do the same thing. And the mm-hmm. first couple days, I notice people are kind of looking at me funny. And finally, my secretary and my family liaison there in the office, they said, you're not going to dress like that very long. And I said, what do you mean? This is how I dress every day. They're like, you'll see. So, <laughs> you know, we get through the first month of school. Training's over. Kids are coming back. Start going home like the first day of school, the second day, and I have all these unidentified things all over my pants, <laughs> all over my shirt, all over my eyes. It's because five, six, seven, and eight year olds love to give you hugs. Right. And, yeah. and the best time, the best time to do that is obviously at lunch when I'm in there with them. So, you know, I, I mean, I hate to admit it and I still don't know if I ever have to this day, but Stephanie and Patty were correct. Um, that lasted about you know, two, two and a half weeks once we got kids back, and then I started dressing for the occasion, just meaning clothes I no longer had to dry clean when I came home from work. <laughs> right. So, But the biggest transition, honestly, was the kids. Um, and I would not I would not give that time up. I spent at the elementary school. Um, it was a great experience. There is something to be said for your heart, your mind, your soul, to working with kids who truly, truly are excited to come to school every day. Mm-hmm and love being there, um, and that's the kind of passion that we're going to try to instill back in middle schoolers in the in the yeah. years coming at Stephen Decatur. Yeah. So I was going to say, middle school, they're not as passionate to come to school. It's starting to, to catch up that <laughs> uh, this, some of this stuff is hard. Uh, so you, you've got you've got uh, the clientele is a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're telling me I have a sixth grader at home, and I feel like <laughs> some days I'm in sixth grade again with this person <laughs> learning, and I'm not doing her work. But trying to go back to some of these things that I haven't done in 30 years in math mm-hmm. and stuff like that, man, it's a it's a challenge. And and you aren't lying. Um, we expect, you know, the the difference in middle school now and when I was in middle school, the expectations are a lot different, right? We're challenging these kids. I mean, mm-hmm. we're yeah. doing project based learning, um, which just by definition means kids need to fail to learn. And sometimes that's really hard to just step aside and facilitate and see that they're so close to succeeding. But you kind of have to let them figure it out on their own. And if that means they fail once or twice, it's going to be a great, great learning experience for them. And it's going to be just a tremendous value to them the rest of their life because they're learning yeah. how to work through things. Right. They're learning how to problem solve. They're learning how to communicate. So um, middle school curriculum and the expectations we have for kids versus, you know, like I said, when I was in middle school 25, 26 years ago, it's a it's a different ball game, and I'm, I'm digging it. So, uh, Courtney kind of mentioned that, uh, well, th- this is your first year here, right? We, 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 you haven't even mentioned the pandemic, you know, so you really haven't even got to see these kids yet, except uh, like via the Zoom world, right? Yeah, so um, I don't, and I don't mention the pandemic, and I'll tell you why, it's just because we're going to we're gonna keep on keeping on, to use a wore mm-hmm. out expression, right? Um, right. I can't I wait like for the kids to come back. I'm very excited to actually be able to host an open house and meet my seventh graders that's not virtual, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to meet the families that I haven't met yet and to, you know, to just rub elbows and talk to people. But but at the end of the day, you know, Zoom is how we're holding our meetings. Google mm-hmm. Meets is how we're holding our classes, and that's mm-hmm. just where we are right now. Um, yeah. So I try not to focus on that and focus on what we can control. 
Um, and what we can't control is what we put out to the kids, and I mean that in attitude, spirit, and lessons. Mm-hmm. So try to stay positive. Try to keep moving. Um, I have a wonderful staff at Stephen Decatur Middle School. In fact, if we have seven to ten minutes at the end, they've sent me with a lot of shout-outs for families and kids that I would love to give if we have time. But Almost definitely. Um, yeah, man, I've uh, – it's it's been a wild transition because I've not met anybody yet except mm-hmm. for my staff, um, but it's going to make it just that much cooler, I guess, when we come back because realistically, by the time we come back to class, kids will have been out of school for almost a year. Well, it's unbelievable. It, you know, right. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to have to do a lot of things that, and I know this this might sound a little mundane, but we're going to have to do things like, you know, that, that we usually do in August or even that we did when they were in kindergarten or when they first came to a, a, a middle school, you know, like we're going to have to go through all these routines mm-hmm. again and might have to take a step back from learning for a day or two, not completely, but to make some time to really, really help them transition because right. they've been missing this for a long time. So, you know, we have to make sure we bring them back and set them up for success. And right. and that's just uh, some of the things we're thinking about right now as teachers and as administrators, mm-hmm. you know, as we look forward to hopefully being able to come back sooner than later. I so. think that's what makes you a great principal is because, because you know those things, right? And, I, and then I have a funny kind of question to ask you. Have you mastered the Running Red School song yet? Come on. No way. <laughs> I You know, I would say. Well, that, do you technically have one in middle school? I don't even know if that's a thing in middle school. Like, is that does that fall on his shoulders? The running red school I song, mean, running, running I mean, reds, are we? There's still a school song, <laughs> and I'm guessing it maybe okay. the same as it was when I was there before. But I couldn't, you know. Um, I should have, man, I should have been. Ready Eric was for one that. of the voices for the Stevie Cater and all of our music people, you know, and the band people to find out. I let you catch me slipping. Look at that. No, no, I, I apologize if I did, but it, it goes running no. in the reds. Are we? Take a look and you will see just how mighty we can be. That's the running, running reds. So that's different. So they've oh, got a new yeah, fight song okay. since so it wasn't high school anymore. It's the same one it was when I was there before as a teacher, as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe they changed it. Okay, okay. Well, I, I'm going to be totally honest. The only reason why I know it because I looked on the website. <laughs> yeah, if Courtney starts learning all the fight songs, <laughs> right. then you guys are going to have to hear him hey, sing I'm all the fight songs. I'm, I'm, impressed he, I'm still impressed. Now, I'm impressed that he took the time to look it up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. Elton so, Courtney kind of said you're you're a big clubs guy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you're, is that is that is it a way to put it? You're big into the extracurriculars for the kids. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that, that I started at South Shores with the staff there yeah. uh, because it was something they showed great interest in, um, we have a lot of schools and a lot of educational platforms that are STEM-based, right, science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, and mathematics. Yeah. And that fit us. That fit us really well. But we were doing so many things with the arts that we would have been remiss if we left that out. So um, we decided as a staff that we would look at STEAM. And, and I'm fortunate stepping into Stephen Decatur that that's actually one of our academies, our three academies because I'm kind of well-versed in that. So Mm -hmm. STEAM is exactly the same thing, only you incorporate the arts. You throw that A in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, And here's my thing with that. Um, I'm a big big advocate for anything that gives kids opportunities they may never experience, whether it's teaching them them to work together, whether it's teaching them life skills, um, you know, things that they can use when they go out into the world on their own or something Mm -hmm. as simple as using it in class tomorrow. So... You know, there's a lot of math and a lot of problem solving. Um, there's a lot of just different things you can do with the arts, especially when you're talking about music, mm-hmm. you're talking about culinary, um, you know, technology, coding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm, just, I'm just a proponent for giving kids opportunities that they may not have otherwise, and arts and clubs give us that opportunity, um, you know, for the kids that sometimes, if they're not athletes, don't get as many opportunities. Yeah. That's why I love you, brother Khan. Are, are you the are you the, the chess club guy, Cordy? Did you did you mention that from yeah. South Shores? Because I do remember hearing about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, I don't even play chess, but I'm the guy that helps facilitate the creation of the chess club. Mm-hmm. I, I'm blessed at South Shores uh, with a social worker named Josh Fazekas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't pull any punches. Mm-hmm. I tried to bring Josh with me when I went to Stephen Decatur. I was going to ask, like did you do that? That much, <laughs> that valuable. Um, yeah. But anyway, Josh was a chess player. You know, and chess was something he learned, you know, as he was going through school. Um, and it helped him. I'm not going to put too much of his business out there, but it helped him with some skills that he developed um, through chess. Um, and not, cool. not 
a discount. You know, um, I'm talking strategy. I'm talking mm-hmm. building relationships, communicating with other people, um, observation skills, etc. So, you know, he come to me with this idea, and I said, run with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all I did, all I, all I really did was facilitate, get him in touch with the right people in the district, you know, make opportunities and spaces for him in the school to do that. And he took that, so I can't, I can't rightfully take so, credit for that. But, but I'm sorry, I, you know, I hear. I thought we were going to be. I thought we were going to be able to talk Queen's Gambit. I thought we were going to be able to get into that. <laughs> no, if you want me to, if you want me to do a conference call, I can get Josh in, and Courtney and I can continue with the interview while you guys sidebar about chess. <laughs> I, hey, I don't you, even know. I'm not good at chess either. I just like the show. I know. Can't, can't, are we? Are, are you going to scale that? Are you, will you bring that into Stephen Decatur? You think? Yes, yeah, so. This, this is something that, that I had conversations with um, Josh and even Dr. Peters a little bit before he left. You know, we've talked about what it would look like, and we've toyed around with it with Caputo a little bit to maybe make a district-wide chess club, mm-hmm. you know, something where um, you would still have your elementary kids that are competing because he has kids he has kids that are in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade competing in the all-state nationals and state right. tournaments against high school seniors. Right. And I'm saying they're, wow. they're competing. They're competitive. Like, they finish – top seven or eight as a team. He has right. some finishers in the top third or fourth as individuals. They're competing against 12th graders. So, but yeah, definitely. I, I think it's something that, that if we could get the right people, you know, to get behind that, it's something we could definitely expand to the district, you know, and, and hey, South Shore is not the only school that has a chess club. There are other schools that have, you know, I know my daughter was on the, the in the chess club last year at John Hill. Um, and I know Garfield has one, and I'm sure there's others. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Those are just right. the ones I can recall coming to some of our Friday practices and sending kids over there to learn just a little more. So, so there is interest in the district, and I think it's an opportunity that if we if we looked at it holistically from a district standpoint, it could probably be done as long as we could find the staffing and the funding, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it just be nice to get back to that world of – kids staying after school and doing stuff and seeing each other and breathing the same air. It's going to be nice. So we're going to all find all those things that we missed and, and jump back in all those ideas we've been wanting to pull off for so long. It's going to be good stuff. So, uh, Eldon, we're getting a little late on time, and if you got some shout-outs you want to give, then I want you to have the floor. Man, I have quite a few. So I'm going to start with my three academies because my assistant principal sent me with shout-outs, some for teachers, some for kids, some for families. So uh, cool. Miss Point was the first one in, so she gets to go first. She wants to give her entire Agriculture Academy a shout-out because their attendance has improved profoundly since the beginning of the school year. Nice. Um, specifically, advisory class, which is how we start our day. Yes. Um, we take attendance, but that's the only ungraded course in the middle school. That's where we're working on our social-emotional piece. That's where teachers are helping kids facilitate and learn middle school, etc. And they're even showing up for that. So shout-out to the Ag Academy students. Um, also to the Ag Academy teachers, one of the things that Miss Poynton has charged herself with this year is teaching her teachers about new technology, new platforms that they can use that are free to them, like Jamboard. Um, she just showed that to them like a week ago, and she's already seen at least four or five different teachers not only using it but inviting her to their class so they can use it. You know, and that, that helps give teachers something in their toolbox, and it also helps Keep things interesting for kids because it's different. So, shout out to the, the ag students and teachers. <laughs> Mr. Callant um, is a new assistant principal to our building this year. He, he, I hired him in for the STEAM Academy. He's doing a great job so far. Um, he wants to give Mr. Beller a shout out. Mr. Beller is a, Mr. Beller is a science teacher and a department head. Um, we have five guest teachers in his department right now, so he is the only certified science teacher. Um, he makes sure he goes above and beyond to help all of our guest teachers in his department, um, even, you know, making meeting times for them outside of department meetings. So big, big ups to him. Uh, Miss Dunham, we actually have two Miss Dunhams. They're both retired teachers. Um, he he is he's complimenting them. He, he wants them to know that he appreciates the way they hold students accountable, um, and get, they're giving them unique opportunities to work on different projects that without those two teachers and all their experience, they may not get in his academy. Um, and his guidance counselor, Ms. Tyus, has been working tirelessly to reach out to all the students. Um, in fact, while I'm on that, all three of our guidance counselors are, you know, they have their own classrooms set up. They have sessions set up. Um, you know, without speaking too much on it, we had a tragedy that did, did affect our school in the last week, and they've set up 
different places for kids to come meet with them, speak to them. Oh, so kudos, big shout out to all of our counselors and social workers. Um, Mr. Lamb, he is our public service assistant principal. He wants to give a big shout out to our librarian, Miss Bird. She's been working with the ELA classes and public service to emphasize the importance of reading. Just getting kids reading, whether it's books, magazines, newspapers, etc., putting print in their hands, you know, it, it feeds their brain, expands their vocabulary. Um, if I could tell you one thing to do with your kids at home, make them read. Read to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he wants to give a big shout-out to the public service staff. Um, they've organized a donation pool for Christmas baskets, and they'll be delivering those before Christmas break to the families. Uh, Mr. Moore, his honor science class, is learning about plants. Um, and, and the big kicker here is he has them starting a home garden with whatever materials they could find. Um, so that's good. It's great experience. Um, Mrs. Smith wants to give several of her life skills and CrossCat <laughs> students a big shout-out because they're doing an amazing job with remote learning. Mm-hmm. Um, she said specifically she's witnessed a lot of maturity, Kids are advocating for help on their own. The adults aren't doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this particular group of kids overcomes major obstacles just to be successful in school. And the fact that they're advocating for themselves is something amazing. So she's enjoying working with the staff. And even though it's a very different start to the year, the relationships being built with kids are amazing. Uh, Ms. Dunker, one of our long-term guest math teachers, um, she wants to give a shout-out to her fourth-hour class. They have had amazing attendance, and they're enthusiastic about learning. So that's kind of the middle of her day, and they really stand out because she gets excited because they're so excited to learn math. Our librarian, Ms. Bird, who got a shout-out from Mr. Lamb, she's very excited about the new makerspace in the library. Um, She's reorganizing things to help students be able to find books they're interested in. Um, I can't tell you how many countless hours her and the other people in the library, the, the assistants that are helping her have spent reorganizing things so that um, topics and things that affect our kids, you know, they can find them. They're not buried in the shelves anymore, so that's awesome. Also, she's working on some grants and has a uh, a good good idea with the green screen um, on how to update it so that we can figure out timing of segments, understanding how the green screen works, um, just, just everything our kids can do and create with a green screen and a camera. So... Not quite done yet. Hang with me. I'm getting there. Miss <laughs> Ragsdale. Uh, Miss Ragsdale wants to give a shout-out to all her students and life skills. She wants them to know that she is so proud of how hard they're working and tell them thank you. Miss Get wants to give fourth hour a shout-out for their attendance. This is a class that she struggled with most of the year. I'm talking like three or four kids. Um, we, you know, we made phone calls, sent people to the house to get them engaged, and lately mm. they've been all coming to class. So. Mm. There's been a couple awesome. days this week even where she had 100% attendance, so that is awesome. Ms. Shabak, Miss um, Shabak is an English language arts teacher, and she wants all of her kids to know that she's just struck by how it's been possible still to build relationships with them. Um, she looks forward to meeting with her classes every day, and she wants every she wishes every single student would come every day. Yeah. Um, so those kids that do come, they're learning, they're growing. Um, you know, they're forging those relationships, which I think has been one of the hardest things for teachers because we're used to having the kids right there with us, mm-hmm. almost. Mrs. Berger um, wants to give a shout-out to her advisory class because their attendance has been awesome. Um, she's had as many as 10, 10 out of 11 kids there this week. Miss um, Gillen. Uh, Miss Gillen has a specific example, uh, Reverend Carson. I think it's somebody that might even attend your church. Mm. You know, Aquan Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, and we checked with, with Aquan and Grandma before we put their names in. So um, Aquan was really struggling at the start of the year. Um, mm-hmm. He's a struggling reader, you know, and he, it's okay for us to share that. Mm-hmm. You may or may not know that. Miss um, Gillen, who is one of our social workers, spent a morning with his grandma, mm. talked about the importance of literacy, um, showing her how she could help Aquan. Um, grandma has really taken that mm-hmm. and ran with it, um, and Miss Jackson is working with him every day on his reading. And we are proud to announce that Aquan is currently a straight-A student. Amen. And his reading has improved tenfold. Amen. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's just awesome. That's the kind of stuff that's right great. now that, 
that we need to hear, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so I have Miss Lanker's art shout-outs, and then I'll do mine, and then I promise I'm done. <laughs> uh, so Miss Lanker in art, students are being extremely innovative with their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fully exploring digital options, and, and maybe more importantly, they're just being creative, right, because yeah. they're not in school. They don't have all the art supplies they do when she sets them out on a table for us. So right. they're going out of their way to find ways to complete their projects. Um, they're creating avatars through a website called Pixton. Um, we're thinking about maybe tying that into some Christmas messages or winter messages from the school, rather. Um, she attached some samples. Sorry, you can't see them. Um, students create and share <laughs> their own work online in her art club in a site called Padlet. Mm. This gives them a place to meet and work and comment and encourage each other. Um, and she also does student council. And students are working on PSA. Um, about the importance of social distancing and proper mask wearing. Mm. Um, so this was 100% their idea. Each student's working on a word and sharing it with her. Um, when she gets them all put together in a video, they'll display the message word by word. So just a lot of really, really cool stuff. That, I mean, that's just in a one-hour time period where I told staff, if you have something for me to shout out, send it, because I'm going to get it in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll do mine. Um, you know, for those people who haven't been out to the building, we have new auditorium seats and flooring going in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was from a grant from Milliken. So truly appreciate that. Um, what a commodity to have right in our own community. Um, mm. We're developing new opportunities um, for the academies. You know, we're doing a lot of planning right now because, of course, the world is closed. But we're excited for some of the things going on when we come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, a couple of our PBL teachers, uh, Mr. Breyer and Miss Eilers are working with U of I and some different companies um, to expand gardens at the school that our kids will actually take care of each semester. Um, but the most important shout-out, the last one I want to give is to my staff, man. Um, yeah. I cannot tell you how thankful I am for the people at Stephen Decatur. They are dedicated to our kids. Um, I tell them all the time. I try to tell them weekly, and sometimes I, I probably fail, but I try to tell them, you know, thank you. I understand how difficult this is. I appreciate all the time you put in. You don't hear it enough, um, but teachers and parents, they're the life force right now in education, right, because we mm-hmm. know the parents are at home doing it too. So right. I want to make sure my staff knows knows how important they are and how happy I am to work with them, um, and I want them to know that we're going to continue to work on the culture um, in the building at Stephen Decatur. And, man, watch out in the next few years. We're going to do some amazing, amazing things. Um, that are already occurring, but the difference is we're going to change the narrative, which means that's what you're going to start hearing about right. because that's what's going to matter. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, I love it. it. Eldon Condon. Shout out. <laughs> the, the pride okay. of Clinton. Uh, the pride of Clinton, who we've stolen in Decatur, Eldon Con, Principal Stephen Decatur. The Eldon Con shout out hour, I think, is enough to tell you uh, that, that uh, uh, Courtney, there, there's been a pretty good hire at, Almost the, uh, definitely. at the high school there. Doing some Almost great things. Definitely. Eldon, it's great to talk to you and uh, you know, cool idea to get past the love. People want to know what's going on. That's the best way to find out right there. There's a uh, right from the teacher's mouths mm-hmm. uh, through you. So we appreciate your time. It's great to chat with you and uh, we look forward to doing it again. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, hey. we'll get together. Thanks hey, for blessings having. to you, Eldon. Appreciate you, Doc. If you, you missed too. Eldon Kahn, the I principal of Stephen really Decatur Middle School, we will have that loaded up, ready to roll at NowDecatur.com on the uh, podcast section as well on your uh, on your app, uh, your NowDecatur app. And, of course, uh, it will be posted on Facebook and Twitter. We get a break. When we come back, Joey Wagner, Herald Review, <sighs> talking about the Illini loss, <laughs> but also looking ahead. <laughs> A conversation inside the locker room, courtesy of Brink Carter Realtors. We talk to Joey from the paper next. Don't run off. On the way to break, another peak at a three-day weather forecast. What's uh, going on into the weekend from the Rev. Courtney Carson. Today we saw a high near 46. Tonight it's mostly cloudy with a low around 29. On Friday it's mostly sunny with a high near 44. And on Saturday it's sunny with a high just over 40. This is your WSOY three-day forecast with your boy, the Rev. Courtney Carson. Stay blessed and productive. Keep hope alive. Be sure to wear your mask and stay healthy, my friend. Friends, and remember this W this three-day forecast was brought to you by O'Shea Builders. 
You've heard of United Way, but do you know the impact they have on our community? Find out more about the United Way and why your involvement is so important. Every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. on Buyers & Company with the United Way Update. The United Way of Decatur and Mid-Illinois is working for a community in which everyone has the opportunity to be self-sufficient, whether that be ensuring that no family goes hungry, a child succeeds in school, or emergency and crisis assistance is always available. Listen to the United Way Update every Thursday, presented by Tate & Lyle. Improving lives for generations. Memorial Health Systems and Decatur Memorial Hospital have created a COVID-19 dashboard to increase public awareness about hospitalizations in our community. When Decatur Memorial's got somewhere between 25 and 35% of our inpatients are COVID positive, that's putting tremendous strain on the system. The science on this is very clear. Wearing a mask, social distancing works. Find the dashboard at choosememorial.org backslash COVID-19 and listen to the podcast with DMH CEO Drew Early at nowdecatur.com. Convenient, safe, and available now. The Crossing Healthcare free drive through COVID clinic, now located at 990 North Water Street in Decatur, next to the Crossing Campus. Reserving your test time online is easy. Just go to crossinghealthcare.org backslash COVID-19. Testing times are offered in 10-minute increments, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to noon. Testing is offered at no cost to you, but you should bring your health insurance information. For more information, go to crossinghealthcare.org backslash COVID-19 today. We mask for our customers, our staff, and the community. This is Todd and Angie Mason of The Beach House. Right now is a difficult time for restaurants and businesses like ours. We are all frustrated and tired of this pandemic. But frustration and anger won't make it go away. The only way to help our community and our local restaurants is to practice social distancing, proper hand washing. And to wear a mask when you're in public. If everyone did their part, we could not only save local businesses, but save lives. Isn't that worth it? Please do your part and wear a mask. We mask for our customers, our staff, and the community. This is Todd and Angie Mason of The Beach House. Right now is a difficult time for restaurants and businesses like ours. We are all frustrated and tired of this pandemic. But frustration and anger won't make it go away. The only way to help our community and our local restaurants is to practice social distancing, proper hand washing. And to wear a mask when you're in public. If everyone did their part, we could not only save local businesses, but save lives. Isn't that worth it? Please do your part and wear a mask. I wear a mask for my community and my patients. This is Tanya Andrix of Crossing Healthcare. The mental and physical health of this community is my number one concern, and I get it. We are all frustrated and tired of this pandemic, but frustration and worry and anger won't make it go away. The only way to help our community is to practice social distancing, proper hand washing, and to wear a mask when you're in public. If everyone did their part, we could not only save our businesses, but save lives. Isn't that worth it? Please do your part and wear a mask. I wear a mask for my family and my community. This is Kevin Berhaney of First Mid Insurance Group. I can tell you firsthand that I was lucky to recover from COVID-19, but it deeply affected me and the people I love. As COVID surges in our community, I plead with everyone to do the right thing and wear a mask or a face covering when you're in public. It's a simple thing you can do to protect others around you, help our local businesses, and possibly save lives. Isn't that worth it? Please, wear a mask. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Inspirational. Lift us back up. Lift the Illini Nation back up. Eric Lee Show, Richmond's Courtney Carson, downtown Decatur. Courtney and Dom are downtown Decatur. I'm uh, bubbled quarantine time for uh, hopefully I can come back next week into the old office and see everybody in person. We uh, get a chance to go inside the locker room, courtesy of Brink Cotter Realtors on this conversation. Back to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines. Uh, with Hell Reviews. Joey Wagner. Joey, last night, fun game, you know, a lot of excitement leading up to it. Was it, I don't know, do you, do you contribute this to anything, or is it just uh, getting outplayed in the second half? 
getting outplayed. I mean, look, that's, that Baylor team looks really, really good. I mean, it was a yeah. reasonable number two team in the country. That team looked like the team that won 23 straight games last year that was going to be the number one or a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They added some transfers. They brought back four starters. But it was a veteran group of guards who just knew how to get it done. And, and the defense is just a buzzsaw. I mean, they, they don't care who they're playing. They, they are just a, a tough, tough defensive team. The guards switched everything, made life just really, really tough for those Illinois guards. I mean, yeah. Illinois hung with a really good team that, frankly, Eric, could be the number one team in the country by the time these next polls come out. We'll see what happens Saturday against Gonzaga. Yeah, but Baylor plays Gonzaga, right, yeah. That, that game kind of felt, especially, you know, Iowa was really, really confident going into it. They all were. I mean, but when we spoke with Iowa, that was kind of supposed to be the coronation of, hey, we're back, right? I mean, this is, a, you know, Illinois basketball is back. We've been kind of down for a little bit, and, we got all these guys, and it, you know, it's not like people look at Illinois now and say, "Oh boy, we're yeah. a little too far ahead of ourselves." That's not the case, but it just wasn't quite that that firework I think that they wanted to set off there in Indianapolis. You know, I I'll call it a legacy game coming in. And um, how what, what was what did you get out of Underwood afterwards? He said, "Listen, I mean, the the first half was they got through loose balls, they got." Offensive rebounds, and really, I mean, Georgie Bashash really pulled Illinois by the ear to get to halftime in any close game. He, he threw the, the you know time back a couple of years. But that second half, Baylor just dominated him on the glass on 50-50 balls. And if you listen to Brad Underwood talk since he's been in Champaign, it's 50-50 balls, it's diving on the floor, it's all those little things that I think, Eric, you and I probably hear it and think, okay, yeah, we – this is everybody says this, but it really matters. Speak, yeah. And he said, you know, we're not going to, we have to find a way to beat teams when we're not shooting the ball. Well, Iowa six of 18, Adam Miller, two of 11. That's not really what you would have expected out of those two guys going into that. It's certainly not if you thought Illinois was going to win. So it's a little, a lot of those things. But if you look at this, Erica, I don't see, when you, you look at this roster like you had in years past and the way it's constructed and say, well, boy, I don't I don't know what they can turn around to fix some of those problems. The problems are fixable. Offensive rebounding, that's, you, know, you can fix that thing. You know the shot's going to fall at some point. You know, I, I think a legitimate concern is the pick-and-roll defense. I think Kofi's been exposed in a couple games, and, and really, I mean, it, it's a two-way street with the guards as well. It happened in Ohio. It happened against Ohio, rather. It happened here. It's a little disheartening to see, especially with the you know two veteran group. But again, these are things that can be fixed. This isn't you know a burn it all down wall. No. no, not the expectation. Well, one half of basketball. It's not even forty bad minutes necessarily. You know, and it's a fourth season too. That's a caveat. I mean, weird things happen in the beginning of the seasons and four games. Then you wouldn't expect Illinois, and certainly the scarier part is you probably don't expect Baylor to be a you certainly don't expect Baylor to be at its best either. But there's a lot of season left. I mean, these early season games are fun, and you know, especially for Illinois, that really it's been 16 years since a, a top five matchup like that. That yeah. you know, people people would have stayed up until three in the morning if they had to to watch that game. And <laughs> you know, so that's fun. The excitement is there, but really, that's going to be a different game. I don't know if the outcome will be different, but the, the game itself would be different if they met in March. You know, so I was kind of asked about it today, and and I said, okay, we, we all obviously wanted Illinois to just be unstoppable out of the gate, but that's that's not how it works. I mean, there's a freshman in the starting lineup. There's a, a very important freshman coming off the bench, and Corbello. There's new players all over the place with this team, Grandison, Hawkins, and just getting to know these new connections with some of these guys. So traditionally, you wouldn't expect them to come in, any team to come in and dominate a number two team in the country who's been in the top five for you know longer than you have been. Uh, they're used to being up there. So I guess at least we owe Baylor something if we were to run into them again, you know, and, and you know, maybe you've got that uh, that underdog feeling when you run into them again. And you know what? It, 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 maybe there could be good out of this. I don't know if there's necessarily good on the court. I, you look at Georgie and feel pretty good. I think Curbelo played okay. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just good to get your, your butt kicked in once in a while. I don't know. Is that, you know, is that 
can we embrace that? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know. They got their butts kicked in. They, they no, I mean, just, it's just good to lose once in a while, maybe. You know, I, I hate undefeated stre- stretches. I, I hate having that uh, in basketball. It, it, I don't think it's a big of a deal in football, but uh, I just hate having that on your on, on the shoulders too. People yeah. are talking about being unbeaten. It's just an unnecessary thing. Now, never are you rooting to lose. Never, ever, ever. But once you do lose, I mean, maybe it's like, okay, well, maybe you know, if Illinois doesn't lose to Ohio State. Uh, in 2005, I, I do not think they beat Arizona. You know, the sting of losing a game, you know, you don't want to go through that again. I'm not saying they're going to go unbeaten from here on out, but they, maybe maybe they were getting a little comfortable. Maybe they were getting, you know, to be thinking maybe they're the best team in the country and we're going to go win the whole thing. So maybe, you know, hopefully some good came out of this, I guess. And, and uh, you know, it's not what you wanted necessarily, but, but hopefully we, we get to that point. I mean, Adults see it. Underwood sees it, right? This is just a whole other set of kids that got to learn the same lesson that kids learn every year. Yeah, I mean, it's a process. And quickly, I, mean, I think some of the perception of this game might be skewed a little bit just because it happens in such a similar time in the schedule where the day before, two days before, everyone said, well, 16 years ago was Wake Forest. And everybody kind of got that, oh, my gosh, and remember Wake Forest and – and it's just, it's a different situation, obviously, this year. But to your point, yeah, I mean, there's three guys. And really, I didn't know that it was going to be three this early. But when Brad went to the bench in that first substitution, he brought in Corbello, he brought in Coleman Hawkins. And all of a sudden, you had three freshmen out there on the floor against the number two team in the country. And Brad has been you know, pretty open about how much he likes his freshman class. But when it came time to show it, he showed it. And he had three guys out there in their fourth college game playing against one of the best defensive teams, one of the best teams in the country. So it's going to take time for those guys. And that, to me, said an awful lot about sure. what he believes the impact of those three can, can be this year. And Corbello is just opening eyes with, with literally every single game. I mean, I thought he sure. was good at the end of Chicago State. But, man, he, he's, he's going to – shoehorn his way into some more minutes sooner rather than later, I have to think. Making sure, I definitely felt like that too, that Underwood wants to make sure everybody gets the experience in these big-time games, and that takes a little more precedence over having the best lineup on the floor at all times right now, Um, because that's different ways for coaches to do it. I mean, could you have stayed with... Um, you know, and he wanted to get he wanted to get experience for these guys, and you have to constantly keep working through the rotations because that's the only way you're going to find out. Um, you, you might find some special rotation in there, um, a couple guys that really click really well. I mean, you have to you have to put the time in and run them through it, and you even have to do it in the games where you're losing in the second half. Yeah, and you know, I, I would like to think that he got most of that out of his system in that MTE, and I think what we're seeing is the rotations very much. You know, Adam Miller is in the starting lineup. He should be. Mm-hmm. The dude can get a bucket outside of last night, really, whenever he wants. But the fact that you know, I, I wasn't surprised to see Curbelo off the bench. I think he had done him out. He, he's been good in practice. To see Hawkins that early was really, really surprising and really, really telling. But, yeah, I mean, you got to figure out how those all work together. Where does Grandison work in this mix? You know, uh, Benjamin Boston's Verdonk dressed. He, he didn't play. He has, you know, he hasn't really been. We haven't seen him yet. But he's a split issue. There's some time to work through that. You know, I'd like to think that Saturday is also going to be that game where Brad Tinker and muscles with line. I thought it's going to be a particularly close game, but I thought that going into Ohio. So what do I know? Sure. But yeah, man. I mean, I just the freshman really, really caught my eye just in terms of how they played and really when and how much. Yeah, absolutely. And th- this is the last. I don't, I, you know, like like you said, you don't want to just give it away because Ohio almost beat them. But this is the last uh, tinkerable opportunity against a significantly lower tier f- opponent, I guess. Tennessee Martin, yeah, because it's at Duke, it's at Missouri. Uh, is that right? The, the head coach died uh, less than a month ago. Wow, really I must have missed that story. Yeah, so they've got. They've got a lot that they're working through. I think they may have just opened their season last night, but you know, you hate to put it like this, it's still a game you expect Illinois to win pretty handily. But you're right. Then you get Duke. Then you get a Missouri team that's their two games looks 
you know, not quite like a, I don't want to call it a cupcake because it never is against Missouri, but it looks mm-hmm. like a, a much more challenging game the more we see a Missouri on the court. Yeah, they beat Oregon last night. That's a pretty big deal. And Jeremiah Tillman seems to be, uh, from what I'm reading, it's, he's starting to put it together and looking like the player. This has been good. It's just been, you know, inconsistent stretches, I guess. So just another layer, right? And then, by the way, you're done with those guys. Well, welcome to Big Ten. And that's, yeah. that's going to be tough as nails. Yeah. And uh, Mark Smith with 15 last night against Oregon. Tillman with 11. So nine rebounds. So get get ready to boo those guys from home. <laughs> Illini Nation. Some of the guys that... They booed in person, then lost to and Pickett, Javon Pickett there as well. So, but we got a couple games to to watch before that. Should uh, I don't know. Alani fans shouldn't he shouldn't be disciplined. You 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 wanted to win the game, but you, you our our excitement shouldn't be tamed down any further, right, Joey? We should still be looking forward to what's going to be one heck of a fun season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look again, you're going to look up. I tell you what, I was afraid of. Before you answer that, Joey, I was afraid of if they beat, if they win this game, they're going to be favored at Duke since Michigan State just won at Duke. Like, if, if not favored, it was going to be like a one or two point spread. So now Duke will probably be like a four or five point favorite somewhere in there. Uh, I was like, boy, are we really ready to be favored at Duke or at least within the ballpark of a, of, of a pick 'em? So, I mean, that, that is one, that is one thing that, you know, maybe, maybe he's going to come out of this. It, it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that any, excitement that should have been should suddenly fall on its face. I mean, it, it, that was a game that would have sent things through the stratosphere, right? I mean, had Illinois won that, it would have been, I mean, first of all, I think fans would have carried the team bus from Indianapolis to, to Champaign <laughs> celebration. But, no, yeah, this, this team is, we just seen too much. There are there are some things that need to be to be ironed out. This is, again, that the pick and roll defense is concerning. Yeah. Coke has got to be better. Uh, I, I has to be better than he was last night, but we've seen enough to, to know that he absolutely will be. Adam Miller will be. Kofi will be. But, it, again, it's four games in. This, this team is going to be fine. It's it's going to be one of those where all of a sudden it's February, and I don't know if this team's going to drop out of the rankings at any point, right? I mean, it, it, they're just, they've got it all there, regardless of what yeah. happens. Well, if they do, it, it went it went significantly worse than we ever expected. Hey, let me just ask you this. Is there is there even more than a 1% chance Iowa would come back next year? Or, or do you think it's a 100%er? Uh, I mean, I, don't, I, I think we were all surprised to see him back this year. And we'll, we'll Absolutely, yeah. Of pandemic, then I, I don't know that he comes back. Mm-hmm. And for, for so many reasons, the first thing, without the pandemic, he gets marked. And I mm-hmm. think we've seen enough of Iowa to know that this probably would have been a, that, that, that run that and this is probably maybe it's not fair to, to make this comparison, but that run that Kimball Walker led UConn through, where it's just like the end of games and Kimba's just going absolutely. Yeah. I don't out think of that's time. crazy. Now he, and, they went on to win the national title, but Iowa was on that level. But it, you know, it would have been a similar feeling, and, and every every NBA scout ears perk up when when a player goes on a march run like that, right? Absolutely. And Iowa has that kind of in his DNA. And then he, he's the kid who would have impressed at the combine. He would have done all those things with the face to face. He's just an impressive, impressive person. Uh, none of that would happened. So I, I mean, I, I would, I was shocked this year. I would be a, a really, really, really shocked next year. I just want to make sure we're on the same page of that because I was asked about that and I was like, I don't, man, I don't think there's any chance. What do you think Kofi is? Is he is he more than fifty to go? You think? It just depends on the year. Yeah, it depends on the year. I mean, I don't know that anything in these first four games has had an NBA GM say, hey, that's our guy. I mean, it, it Yeah, but they look at the size of the guy. You look at the size, and look, he, Kofi is going to go. He, he'll be just fine. He's going to round himself into, into form. We, we've seen him do it. Remember, it took him a little bit, you know, especially mm-hmm. when the games started to get yeah. tough last year. It took him a little bit to adjust. He did, and he was, he was unbelievably good at the end of the last season. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he's a harder one to read just because the NBA is, uh, you know, are they, are they really looking for, but I guess again, you look at the draft and you saw some kind of throwback bigs go in the NBA draft just recently. And that, that's certainly how I would describe Kofi. So we'll see. I, I, I'm really curious to see what that year looks like for him. Absolutely. Just wanted to ask you and get that out there. I think we're probably on the same page. So appreciate the time, Joey. We'll talk to you next week. Illinois football against Iowa this weekend too. Are you going to that? Yeah, double header on Saturday.
have fun over there. We look forward to talking to you next week. Oh, man, appreciate you. So long, Thanks, man. Pride of Pekin, Joey Wagner, Herald Review. We get to break, our last break, and we come back. It's Mark Tupper previewing Sport Talk tonight, and, uh, and away we go. On the way to break, last peak, three-day weather forecast. The Rev, Courtney Carson. How's it look into the weekend? Other than cold. <laughs> tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 29. On Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 44. And on Saturday, sunny with a high just over 40. This is your WSOY three-day forecast with your boy, the Rev, Courtney Carson. Stay blessed and productive. Keep hope alive. Wear your mask. And please stay healthy, my friends. You've heard of United Way, but do you know the impact they have on our community? Find out more about the United Way and why your involvement is so important. Every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. on Buyers and Company with the United Way update. The United Way of Decatur and Mid-Illinois is working for a community in which everyone has the opportunity to be self-sufficient, whether that be ensuring that no family goes hungry, a child succeeds in school, or emergency and crisis assistance is always available. Listen to the United Way update every Thursday, presented by Tate & Lyle. Improving lives for generations. Springfield Clinic is committed to providing high-quality health care along with an excellent patient experience because your health is our job. Providing value to you is our duty. And caring for those who make our community home, that's our mission. Springfield Clinic, caring for you here. Convenient, safe, and available now. The Crossing Healthcare free drive through COVID clinic, now located at 990 North Water Street in Decatur, next to the Crossing Campus. Reserving your test time online is easy. Just go to crossinghealthcare.org backslash COVID-19. Testing times are offered in 10-minute increments, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to noon. Testing is offered at no cost to you, but you should bring your health insurance information. For more information, go to crossinghealthcare.org backslash COVID-19 today. Memorial Health Systems and Decatur Memorial Hospital have created a COVID-19 dashboard to increase public awareness about hospitalizations in our community. When Decatur Memorial's got somewhere between 25 and 35 percent of our inpatients are COVID positive, that's putting tremendous strain on the system. The science on this is very clear. Wearing a mask, social distancing works. Find the dashboard at choosememorial.org backslash COVID-19 and listen to the podcast with DMH CEO Drew Early at nowdecatur.com. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Candy girl, <laughs> that might be the worst you've ever sounded. <laughs> You're just begging me to turn your mic off, I swear. Oh, you gotta turn that up. Don't let him don't let people ever forget what that sounded like. <laughs> oh, you liked it. I thought you liked it. We uh no Mark Tupper, we're one out on stretch. Once again we said earlier, I don't know if she was listening, but happy birthday to Mrs. Lee. She's in the house right now. She happy B Day, Miss Lee. Katie is uh we've been married you know it's our our sixth year has been the uh the, the corona year uh, mm. so uh, we're coming up on lucky seven next april and uh luckiest guy in the world that she uh wants to hang out with me i have no idea why so i just <laughs> hope one day i don't wake up and she's like oh now i see what you've been talking about i don't want to be with you anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we have a lot of fun together man we uh we you know, we said we, we've even found a way to get away a little bit during this this pandemic together, and now we quarantine together again, and uh, and, uh, and away we go. So, big thanks to her. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.